Welcome back to part two of Diana Brown and the Sam Shaw interview. Here's a question I want to ask you. What do you think is one of the biggest misconceptions about improv? On the inside or on the outside? Not that there's an outside, but outside those, where? those who don't do improv. But let's let's stick with first the question of uh, within the world of improv, what do you what do you find is one of the biggest misconceptions? Oh Jesus. Well, I think it's a misconception to say that you, that there are places that you need to go to be fulfilled or to meet your potential. Oh, interesting. Go on. I don't know. And and uh, I think and this is frontier improv in a lot of ways in San sure. Francisco. We're very isolated and very uh, I'm not going to say downward looking, navel gazing maybe improvisers in a okay. lot of ways because we're kind of a little isolated up here. Uh and but and so a lot of people think like even nationally though that you can't really fulfill your improv craft. I know that sounds really. I hope you do some serious editing on this <laughs> explanation, Dan. We don't edit the uh, interviews actually at all. You're on your own. <laughs> the edit is a lovely just stream of you. Myself in a nowhere. No, you. Uh, all right, I'll just say it out there. Just you say know, it. It's like, well, Chicago, as you know, is the mecca of improv of course. in the world in a lot of ways. I mean, it's got to be. But I don't think you need to go anywhere to really. I think I see what you're saying. You don't have to make to the great you pilgrimage to you Chicago. You don't need to make the pilgrimage. You don't need to. Uh, go, L.A. isn't going to make you feel fulfilled as an actor or as an artist necessarily. So, or any geographical center where you think the work is. Right. Okay. So you're saying you don't have to go to the market. You don't have to take your piggy to the great <laughs> big market. Oh, wait. It's a market. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it might not be a market. See, I don't think in those terms I'll play for four people and think it's successful. So. Well, I, and I have. <laughs> exactly. I think we all have. And liked yeah, it. Yeah, pretty much. And liked it. We once In did. fact, Thursday I think I'll be doing that. <laughs> way all right. No, the, I'll take way, it. Okay, okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I hope you're, you're serious about not editing this. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm so glad I haven't mentioned child pornography yet. Well, now you did. You um, know, this, this could okay, be. Okay, here's a misconception, Diana Brown. Uh, is that there is such thing as a professional improviser? How's that? Now, do you that believe is a there misconception? Is? What's that? Do you believe that there there is such a thing? I believe there may be, but they all just dance with Carl Rove. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of except dancing, Wayne Brady, to his credit, to I think, his credit, I think people who improvise on television and get paid strictly to improvise are professional improvisers, and I think anyone else, they're professional in behavior, which is to be lauded and which I love now like a professional improviser is someone who's cool and you know he doesn't sleep with their students and isn't a good guy you know <laughs> that's yeah, a professional you... improviser okay, okay. <laughs> there you go. I missed that part <laughs> <laughs> well you can uh, enjoy it when you uh, yeah. when you download it and listen to it no I mean not sleeping with your students part I, I oh. no one told me that <laughs> I'm going uh, to avoid, and yet I'm going to say, I guess the pages in the manual are stuck together, and you missed that part. Well, of the I lab. think people throw it around a lot, and they want to be taken seriously. But a lot of people are the, you know, so they say, "I'm a working actor," or "I'm a, I'm a," you know, I, you hear that. I mean, any actor hears that. It's true. Where people are like, "I just wanted to tell you, six months ago, I became a working actor," and it's like, "No, you're a sex phone operator. You're not a." Working <laughs> <actor."> <laughs> 
which some would say is an art, right. and others would say is a trade. Well, you can be a working actor living with your parents. Sure. Sure. Sure In you fact, can. In fact, most working actors are living with their parents. Yeah. When they're not at the Star Trek convention. I just don't... <laughs> I, I think, like, just act or don't act. I mean, if you, if you do act and you're finally getting paid full-time and you're living off that, that's the best thing in the world, and I think that's awesome, and, like, you should be congratulated, and it's amazing to get to that place. But let's not like put so much weight on a lot of these terms. Let's just like act or not act and either suck or not suck. Just like try as hard <laughs> as we can to be as good as we can be and to keep our minds open and just do our stuff. You know? Right on. That's what I think. I like that. Now, you did mention improv on television. Do you want to weigh in on, thank God you're here? Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it? I don't get cable. Uh, is it on cable? Um, I have no I, you idea. Know, I don't watch yeah. TV. I don't know. I actually did watch the opening, and I, I don't even remember what it was on. What uh, uh, yeah. outlet was pouring it I through my get, cable? I don't get it. I didn't see it. So, no. No, I can't. You can't weigh in. Well, we're going to have to make you watch it and, and ask you to come back and All talk right. about it. But before we uh, get too far down the road, I want to talk about your greatest and latest and uh, how many troops can say they opened to a sold-out house. <laughs> Crisis <laughs> Hopkins. Uh, there's some tricks to that, actually. I don't know if that was opening, and also it was my birthday night. Hey, whatever works. Hey. I don't want to take anything away from it. I'm proud to say it was a sold-out show, and it was an amazing birthday. And I love playing with this troupe. So, yeah. Now, who's in this yeah. troupe with you? Uh, it's Anthony Veneziali, who I mentioned, who I was in the college troupe with, and was exactly. also in Gag Reflex with me at Wesleyan. And then Julie Potter, who I met out here uh, and didn't really play much with. I just met her in a class that the co-op produced with uh, Jesse Parent from um, Joker and Jester out of Utah. And I met her there, and I knew we had some kind of connection. Like, I wanted to work with her, but didn't really make it happen until I wanted to put a troupe together. And I was like, She I worked want with Leela the Theater, did she not? She did. Yeah. She did. She had a great show with the Rizowski Project in, in the fall. Nice. And she, yeah, she was a, a company member there, I believe. And then Chris Hayes, who— uh, Christopher Hayes. I met at the Monday Night Improv Jam, did Revolution All-Stars, and did some stuff with Dad's Garage a long time ago, and he's going to kill me for saying a long time ago. <laughs> well, he's uh, so young. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's so relative. He's such a babe in he's the woods. He's great. Stop uh, smirking, Dan. It's so, it's a, <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm no, just sitting here uh, working the board. It's a good, really small, it's a small troupe. It's four people, so it's really just, it's That's fun. That's nice. It's and compact. I, I love all of them. They're amazing. Well, yeah, it's it's a... It's an all-star lineup, as it were. Now, the name has a wonderful origin. You want to share that with us, Crisis Hopkins? Sure. Uh, well, I wanted the, – the, okay, I, uh, naming a troop's like, really difficult, as you probably know. And uh, you want it – I had parameters in the name that I, I wanted initially. I wanted it to be kind of a San Francisco name. So I wanted it kind of rooted in the city in some way. So my initial thing was like I was looking through all of these hippie books that my parents left. My parents weren't really hippies, but they have some books to, for like vicarious reasons. They want to, <laughs> and so uh, they have this book called "The Movement Towards a New Amer Movement Towards a New America," which is like this big anthology of a lot of radical '60s literature and zines and typeface and awesome pictures. Really like Gray Panthers, Black Panthers. Sounds like a great book. It's awesome. And basically, you know, they're such hippies and anarchists that they're like, you can take anything in this book. It's beautiful. <laughs> if there's anything in this book, you just take it. You make art. And, and you know. so you did. Uh, 
No, actually, I didn't. I actually, I stole my cat from that book that I used for ah, Sam Shaw okay. Army, okay. which is now called Sam Shaw Construction, Logistics, and Force Protection. Good to know. Um, when you come to the door. But I thought I'd find it in that book, and I couldn't them. find it. <laughs> and so I did an internet search, and I was just looking for weird San Francisco eccentrics who aren't Emperor Norton or whatever. Which I liked because and he's I found become it. Yeah. much too ubiquitous for us but, all. I, but I found it, and I was like, well, it's got kind of the the two opposite words. Not really opposite, but like crisis and Hopkins. Hopkins is kind of light, and crisis is kind of urgent and scary. And it was also his message. Crisis Hopkins was a – he was a San Francisco-centric in the 19th century. I don't know exactly what decade, but just bear with me. Uh, and he'd follow around street preachers. Like there were all these evangelists and fire and brimstone street preachers around the city. And he'd kind of follow them and hang back and let them do their thing. But as soon as they were done, he'd kind of take their place. I imagine it when I'm thinking of it, I'm thinking it's like a hot spot, like a tap out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it is though. Cause it's a 19th century, but maybe, maybe he clapped. <laughs> and we all freeze. I don't know. But uh, okay, now Dan, explain hotspot for those listening that, uh, that are not okay. up on the vernacular. Hotspot is an improv game in which you have a whole barrel full of improvisers, and one person goes out and begins singing a song, any song, and then folks will jump in and sing a song related to that, and they'll keep doing that, linking, 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 until you go back to the very same song at the very beginning. Which means you've got 18 folks going, what was the first song? What was the first song? We all forget immediately. But I that's never, hot spot. never remember. I'll admit and it, it was a fav- famous parlor trick performed on the corners of San Francisco streets mm-hmm. in the 1870s and 80s. So <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, crazy fire and brimstone preach- t- preachers would be uh, singing and you know, giving their message. And Crisis Hopkins, after their thing, would take their place and preach to the same audience, still captive, about reason and free thought and free speech and free belief. So he was like kind of an anti-dogma. Use your head. Anything you say is right. Just reason and come to your best conclusion and believe it and preach what you believe. Kind and, of an early libertarian. What's that? Kind of an early libertarian. I guess. I don't know where his, <laughs> uh, his thoughts are on, on property law. Or, That's true. Or uh, the Fourth Amendment. But... Uh, and I wanted my troop to be very much grounded in our opinions and our thoughts and our references and our experience and and our our day, like the details of our day and our lives. Like so much improv in the city right now is really character oriented and it's really story based. And so much in that like it could almost be performed by any interchangeable group of people. Like in San Francisco, it seems like they're pushing your personality back. And they're trying to not day, but like I'm sorry. That sounds very adversarial. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's well, us and them. I, but I, I, I laud it because it's cool. And I, I, I've done that as well. When you're sure. really trying to empty yourself into your character and play this kind of trance, it's really detailed and big. And you're just playing a character. And I guess Crisis Hopkins is kind of going in a different direction where it's maybe a little more writing based, but it's really more grounded in who we are. And so. That's uh, exciting. It's, yeah, it's about. Yeah. So we're free to be with our personalities we still do characters but i'm just trying to bring the personalities back a little bit and make it a little more uh transparent and so when it works it's really playful and and i think funny and entertaining uh, well, Becky and when Haycox. it's not it's merely 
undignified. <laughs> Becky Haycox uh, quoted, I, I'm quoting Becky Haycox. She wrote, uh, she loves to watch improvisers on stage that really like each other. And she felt that watching Crisis Hopkins, you could tell you guys loved working with each other. Now, I've been working on a show and I haven't been able to come and see you, but it sounds like you're a basket full of puppies that you just love each <laughs> other. And the pictures I saw on your website are fantastic. I especially love the one on the on the Muni bus, I believe you are. Yeah. And uh, there you are living your daily lives. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's cool cuz yeah, I want to, you know, it's not going to be in front of the Golden Gate Bridge, but let's do it on the F Market. Fuck yeah. Yeah, cuz I want to get more. I want all of our pictures to be on the F Market, you know. With, like, a guy pissing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a series I would like to collect, <laughs> actually. Um, you are not just an improviser, though. I'm going to out you as an actor who does scripted work. Uh-huh. Yeah. And most recently uh, directing um, for the Twilight Zone, the plays over at the Dark Room. You want to yeah. talk about that a little bit? That was a blast. Uh, I love... Loved it. Um, I haven't directed in a long time. That was we did an episode of the, tw- the Twilight Zone, uh, the plays. The Darkroom puts it up every year, and they basically give they put up two episodes a weekend, and they get a different director for each episode, and the director can pick the episode and cast it. And so I did. Well, the real Martian, please stand up, which was a uh, ten actor uh, comedy, science fiction, horror Twilight Zone episode about. Two state troopers who they have this report that this UFO's crashed and, and they see tracks from where it might have crashed leading into a diner. <laughs> and there's a huge snowstorm. So this tour bus is stuck in the diner where everyone's like trapped for the night. And so the cops come in and they're like, basically, everybody, there's a Martian in this diner and we have to find it. And everyone's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and it's just hilarious. It's really funny. It's kind of like a sitcom. I mean, it's just everybody's paranoid trying to find out who the uh the martian is and basically all of my troop was in it and then a lot of people from the um monday night improv jam that we used to do and the this troop middle school poetry a lot of them oh yeah it's a great troop and it's so fun to cast everybody and terrific lineup of people um anna was part of that and jared Anna and and jared and dan foley and dan ronco and santiago Santiago and my friend amy um miles and uh it might be. For, I'm sure I'm forgetting something. Bryce. Ah, uh, it was fun. So yeah. you are working out the rift. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, Bryce Anderson. Oh yes. Yeah. Excuse me. Once again. <laughs> <laughs> you know never, Bryce Anderson, the fixture of the North assume. Beach yes. Cafe. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, you uh, have graced uh, the stages for Cassandra's Call as well, um, part yes. of Pharmacopeia back in the improv world, but most recently this year in the Fringe Festival in Get It, Got It Good. That was very fun. Written it was by fun. Dan, Dan Dan's here. It was fun. It was Should awesome. I leave the room now? Yeah, because we can't really be <laughs> honest. Can really talk it. about this? <laughs> it was fun. I mean, Dan, you cast, it, it was a great cast. It was great working with uh, everybody in it, and it was great. I haven't done, that was my only Fringe show, so it was really fun. Doing it and, and doing a show at the exit. I've been, I've done shows at the exit before, but never a fringe show. We actually fringe met doing exciting. a show at the exit theater. We yes. met doing Ubu Ra over yeah, at the exit for the Absurdist Festival years ago. <laughs> Sam and I were both clowns together. That was a blast. That was a really fun show. That was the best play. That was the best scripted thing I've done. I think probably Ubu. Great script. Yeah, who'd have thought? Like a weird guy. Yeah. I love that Jari like just would walk lobsters on on the sidewalks <laughs> of Paris. 
I'm going to do that. Because he could. Yeah. Oh, exactly. you should. Did he have like a guy throwing water on him to keep him alive? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> That's a very kind question, actually. I just wanted to do this. I worked as a cabinet maker in over a decade. I, I just do it, did it wrong. Do you remember the song? I have no, I don't remember at all. Rouchamp de Mars, All Saints, with my address. Excuse me. That was <laughs> a song that it. was composed for us. I forgot the name of the composer, but I'm at least yeah, I'm, I'm I totally bringing the song back. Now, you uh, were also in a Killing My Lobster show. Uh, yes, about I that, was. That I was we in did Tales see of you. the Lonely Planet. That was fun. It was, uh, I love Killing My Lobster. They're a remarkable <laughs> so, Bay Area troupe. They're so good. I mean, I, I remember the first show of theirs. I saw I saw Dudley Riggs or Chester Riggs. They did it at Venue 9. And it was just really tight and funny. And, uh, you know, they didn't really have much downtime between the sketches. And they had themes coming up everywhere. And, you know, that, that there was the best sketch show I saw. You know, and they did many sketch shows since then that I really liked, but that first one was amazing. They did one, I forgot the name of the show, but it was at Theater Rhinoceros, and there was a sketch that they did, and it was Daniel Lee, uh, who directed uh, me in The Lonely Planet, but he was, I believe, in a cop car. They were basically doing a cop chase, a car chase, and he was standing, and he had a, the steering wheel, but it was all sound design, so they had this really elaborate, like, Sirens and screeches, oh, I love that. and like, but really, it was probably it seemed like it was like four minutes long. But he would all of his motions with this mimed steering wheel was like just synchronized to this really elaborate sound montage thing. It's beautiful with lights, and it was amazing. It was like a solo thing, but I just saw that. I was like, that. It's like who cares if it's a sketch? It doesn't need to be a sketch. Like he's just doing this incredible thing like it was all sound design i was like good oh, lord like their design and production values were just amazing they do have amazing production values yeah. well and uh backing up on the sam shaw career train you also did a show with unidentified theater book of liz that's a sadaris yes. play yes uh what's that sadaris yes uh a good friend of mine laura woods directed it and uh, a friend of mine ryan clifford and uh, chris Jenkins mm -hmm. from I believe he does custom made stuff. I now, believe he does. Right? Am I a mistake? Uh, they were they produced it. It was at the Shelton. Uh, it w and Thessaly Lerner was in it. <laughs> uh, and it was fun. I mean, it's a hard play in a lot of ways. Oh yes. I mean, fake beards. Basically, the play is uh, Liz is a member of the Squeamish community, which is like the Amish, <laughs> but squeamish and uh she's i believe just pretty uh she loves her life she makes cheese balls and is really happy with that and uh but she oh, jesus i'm trying to remember it what exactly was the the plot of the book of <laughs> good lord it was we really are stuffy in the shelton i don't really we remember are taking you back a ways i just remembered that i had a a, a russian uh cockney accent that's <laughs> horrible Cockney. because I'm not known for my accents. Like I can't do accents. I'm like I'm lazy with accents. I can't really try, and they always like. This is <laughs> hard. Right. All right, I mean, now actually, we have to get you to do it. All right, let's hear your work. stock. No, no, your I stock can't. accents. <laughs> no, no. It was Sam, hard. I've, I've not seen you do a lot of accents on stage. Your characters are always really. I only do accents if I have to. Like close if to I'm the bone. And I like in, that. If I'm, yeah, if someone. So, is there anything on uh, improv-wise on stage that you like have always wanted to do that you will someday? Some form that you want to try or 
That doesn't involve being naked. <laughs> I'm glad you're here with those, you know. <laughs> we got we to we gotta qualify this early Some on. qualifiers are vital here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't Sam's know wearing I, a I cute think, little I mean, cap I right now. No, you can see him. Thank you. He's adorable. My girlfriend, Adrian made me this hat. How is your girlfriend, She's Adrian? Great. She's really good. You look happy. Yeah, thank you. Look at that smile. Um, I don't know if there's any uh, forms that I really am dying to try. I mean, I guess I'm mainly, I'd like to go to more festivals. I'd like to... Uh, I'd like to perform all over the the Bay Area. Like I want to play more in the East Bay. There's a lot of stuff that I want to do. But so we have a lot to look forward necessarily. to. Yeah, just just audiences and places and things I want to try. Like I know Crisis Hopkins is gonna keep evolving. I think it's always gonna be whatever the individual members bring to it. That's what the show is gonna be. That's uh, very which cool. Which is gonna be really fun. But we're gonna try to do new things, but also just refine what we do well. Um, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sam Shaw, we cannot thank you enough for spending time Thanks with us. Thanks so much for having me in the green and purple room and with your beautiful microphones. Now, before we go, hip us to the uh, URL for Crisis Hopkins. Uh, the URL is www.crisishopkins.com. And uh, your next show? And our, we're doing a show this weekend. Uh, this weekend being? Being April 27th and 28th, but I don't want to date this recording. That's so right, because this may go up. Look for us in your paper. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will look for you in our paper, and we'll Thank have to you. have you back. Thank you. I'd love to come back. Thanks for having me. You're very kind. You really kissed my ass really hard. Well, you? not really. Um, you did. I like you. I, mean, I, I think, think you're you, cool. You broke some blood vessels on one cheek. Oh, Sam. Diana. I admire you. you. Did you play at the Holy City Zoo? We did. You did. We're alumni That's of the Holy history. City Zoo. I want to interview you and talk about <laughs> San Francisco Improv. Okay. Well, we'll get to that on, a, on another show. And Howard Stone. Howard Stone. The Howard Stone Show. Back <laughs> in the days of legal briefs. Yeah. All right. Well, yes, you have been listening to the studio interviews, part of the Cassandra's Call family on the Radio Star Network. Uh, join us again when our next guest will be Noah Kelly from Wright Theatre.